Hey, producer Ron. Hey, come in. Come in. Come in. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah. Um, I just had an uh, an interview about my new special. Mm-hmm. And once again, there were a lot of questions about who my favorite comics and history are. And, mm. and I don't know anything about that. Like, what's a George Carlin? That's a comic. Damn it. I was way off. Hey, do you think we could maybe do an episode where we watch comics I've never heard of so I don't look like such an idiot from now on? Ben. To see, yeah. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> ben. Oh, here you're. What are you guys doing in this closet? Oh, my God. Are you having another secret meeting with producer Ron to discuss ulterior motives for the challenge? Yeah, he is. Mm, no, that's right. What the difference? What the difference? Normally, this is the very beginning of the pod where I just lead with a sweet, sweet riff, but I have nothing this morning, and I am not going to lie to you, the listener, with some half-baked riff. I'm just going to come up and tell you I don't have anything funny immediately, but I'm hoping to warm up over the course of the episode. This is the Grolic Saves the World. My name is Adam Caton Holland. My, my name is Ben Roy. <laughs> and I'm Andrew Orvidal. And this is a podcast where we better this, the world around us uh, by bettering ourselves through challenges. And I'm just, I, you guys, I'm laid bare. I'm honest this morning. Yeah. And, and why why phone it in? Wow. You went to the pantry and found it bare of riffs. I really oh did. God. This has I never really happened did. before. <laughs> it's never happened. Just riff crumbs. Is it more yeah. like you didn't realize you needed to go to the store and get more riffs or... Or are you expecting like a riff delivery that's late? Like, how could this have happened? No, it was, I think it's that I didn't go to the store. Like, I woke up and like I was like, oh god, I've got nine people coming over for breakfast, and I've got no riffs to serve. Yeah, and it's been oh. sort of a panic state yeah. all morning, being like, well, maybe I can find something in downstairs, and and it's just not there. And I should have gone to the yeah, store. I know you keep your riffs w- way up high, so the kids can't get into them. Yeah, you don't want you don't want a kid finding a riff and having it go off in their face so i can imagine you (laughs) hands up over the top just like feeling on the shelf but just riff you know i've cashed most riffs like a squirrel you know what i mean around the house but i've checked all the regular spots and i guess i already went there and pulled them out in the dead of night and sort of munched on that riff they're they're useless so wow here we are yeah yeah here we yeah. are, dudes. Yeah, Ben and I probably have some leftover riffs, and we can, you know, have a, a riff potluck. And that's the lesson, I guess. The lesson is is reach out. I eat my riffs when they're fresh out of the oven. I like them warm. You don't like leftover riffs? Oh, I don't mind a good leftover riff. I'll take that out of the, the foil <laughs> in the fridge a day late. <laughs> Text. Producer Ron is shaking his head at how much of this riff garbage. You know who lo- really likes riff talk is producer I, Ron, who's allergic to riffs. It's tragic, but producer Ron is allergic to riffs. We have to have an EpiPen with us at all times. Anytime we're riffing or goofing, Ron, he swells up like he ate the wrong thing in Wonka's Chocolate Factory, and we got to stab him with his fucking EpiPen. It's tragic. It really is. He's in the wrong biz. Um, but it also I riffs. Think, not even once with a picture of Ron. <laughs> with Ron splayed out on the ground. I think the lesson here is swallow your pride a little bit. And if you're if you don't have any riffs in your house, go next door. Ask the neighbor if you can borrow a riff. Um, you know, text your boys. Say, hey, you got any riffs this morning? Or we're 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 plumb out. 
And uh, I'm glad that we had this talk. <laughs> yeah. As much as I would love to see footage of you asking your neighbor to borrow a riff, Adam, do we have a real challenge for this episode? <laughs> we do. Actually, I, I'm going to bring this challenge. And it's not it's not an overly complicated one. But I think uh, for us as stand-up comics, it's an important one. Uh, I was uh, doing some shows out of town. And as you both know, when you're a comedian and someone asks what you do, you lie. Uh, lie, you, lie. Tell them, you tell them you're in sales. You, normally you'll lie. Mm-hmm. This time I was quite high mm. and I told them I was a stand up comic, to which they then told me a terrible mm-hmm. joke. Racist? Nope, misogynistic. Okay. Yeah, so, oh, okay. Sure. So many choices. Yeah. There is. <laughs> so, uh, they told me a joke and then they started to w- what typically comes next is tell me their favorite comedians. Yes. Um, even though I did not ask. And what I have uh, come to and uh, to a point, and I'm sure you both have, is that now I just nod my way through. When they tell me who the, the, the greatest comics of all time are, I just am like, <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Carlin? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, what? Dangerfield? Yeah, I know it. Lenny Bruce? Mm-hmm. Old pro. I'm a comic. I've never seen any of these specials. <laughs> I realize. I don't, I don't know about you all, but I've, I didn't come at this from a stand-up comedy background. I didn't listen to a lot of stand-up comedy growing up. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, did you both? I listened listen to Bill to- Cosby and Steve Martin. That was it. That was the only oh. stand-up I was like at all subjected to as a child. I, I'm with you guys. I I did. I wasn't one of those warships at the altar of stand-up comedy. The only stand-up that came my way was Bill Cosby, Fatherhood. My dad had a cassette yep. tape. We'd play that in car trips, and like, I mean, I don't even know if you consider it stand-up comedy. Garrison Keeler tapes. Like on on long road yeah. trips. That's not. That's I mean, not it's like storytelling stand-up. stuff. I didn't either. Bill Cosby was my introduction. I imagine for a lot of kids of the '80s, and for Andrew of the '60s, like those were uh, comedians. <laughs> not even. Who, I'm not even gracing her with the reaction uh, anymore. That's, okay. Yeah. That's okay, fine. Yeah. Well, there's enough for us to go around. Yeah. Uh, while my got, riff cabinet's empty, Ben is filling it up. Mine is overfloweth. But. Um, I think like Bill Cosby himself was like uh, huge. I had that tape. That was like what I thought stand-up comedy was. I didn't. I've never watched Carlin in in its entirety. I've seen obviously seen clips and Kennison or Lenny Bruce or the only one of those that I that really like struck a chord but this was well after i started was bill hicks i remember seeing social satirist and his set at jfl um but outside of that i i, I don't know i once i started doing stand-up comedy i went and listened to a lot of it like i, I there was a period in the first three four years where i was like oh I'm I'm in love with stand-up comedy. I'm, I I want to know all about this genre. You crammed. So I did listen to a lot of stuff then, but certainly there's <clears throat> holes. What about you, Andrew? Did you cram? No, I did not cram. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved stand-up comedy, but I did not go back and really uh, cram it in there. Uh, I felt like I was hearing it just by doing it, doing a lot of shows, seeing a lot of stand-up. I didn't uh, I didn't really delve back in. On purpose. So, what's the challenge? We just never tell anyone we do comedy again. I'm down. Accepted. Is that the challenge? Cool. Yeah, okay. Uh, 
<laughs> no, what I think the challenge is, is we learn our comedy roots. We each pick a special of somebody that is considered to be a pioneer, uh, somebody that paved the way for stand-up comedy. You know, find a list online and find the common ones, ones that are considered definitive classics of this genre. Tim Allen, and Larry the Cable Guy, Roseanne. Yes. Ex- I mean, all the bricks that make up the wall that is Adam Caton Hall. Absolutely. <laughs> this is my Mount Rushmore, and I salute you. <laughs> I think we 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 pick we each pick a special from a comic. All right. That one of those that is considered a classic and we watched this there's so many that i could choose from because i honestly i really haven't gotten Andrew, is there not one album that like speaks to you like that you, there's not one i mean ben and i keep saying cosby which obviously didn't age well oh no i'll find one i'm saying that there's so many there's so uh, many that i can choose oh, I from because i didn't okay. watch any of them yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but i remember when i first started doing stand-up somehow i got a hold of dave attell skanks for the memories i think it's because i learned it was recorded at comedy works yep and i remember that that blew my mind yeah and i i listened to that so many fucking times it was a great comedy album great comedy album yeah there was none like that that you got into early when you started stand-up no i mean i heard them i you know i'd have friends that would play stuff in the car on on road trips traveling with comedy they'd pop in something so i definitely i've i've heard uh skanks for the memories i've heard all mitch hedberg's albums i've heard dana gould has an early album i don't remember the name of it but it was it was amazing so i've definitely like heard Mm -hmm. Some of that. I don't know. For me, that all those are all amazing albums. I don't know if they've aged yet to become classic. So maybe we go like pre-1990. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go back to the comedy that is considered important, uh, groundbreaking comedy. That we just missed, sort of. Yeah. We're going to learn our roots. We're going to learn our comedy roots. So going back, doing a little education on on the people that paved the way for us, I think it's great. And and at times, well, because I, my special hyena um, is out uh, right now. I don't want to make a big deal oh, out of it. And, and it dovetails really nice. I see. And people can I, listen hey, to it. You know what? Uh, well played. Well, a good piece of promo, a good piece of PR is appreciated by your boy Adam Caton Hall, and that was effortless. Thank you. The way you just Thank put you. that so in organic. You hooked us with the idea of this challenge. It was so good. Let me in and and Andrew take over for a minute. Ben Roy has a brand new special out called Hyena. Thank you. He did it with 800 Pound Gorilla. It's currently only available to rent for two more days, and on August 10th it will be out for free. But I got to say this: rent it. All that money helps Ben recoup the cost of what it costs to shoot it, and then he can earn profits down the road. So if you want to throw Ben some money, rent it first, but it will be free for everyone August 10th. We should do a sub-chow, Andrew. We should see where Ben's special ranks in the pantheon. Oh, you guys don't have to do any of that. Absolutely. Let's. I've watched Ben's uh, special, so yes, let's, let's... You've watched it already? I've watched it. I paid for it. Guys, I don't want you to talk about your opinions about what I do, I'd prefer you didn't. Well, then you shouldn't have brought this uh, challenge because... <laughs> oh, I don't like this at Yes, all. I have watched uh, Ben Special because I'm a good friend, even though I've heard the jokes enough. I could have I been 
his second. I could have been backstage it. wearing a parachute. Okay, see that kind of thing when you do that. What we performed okay. a lot together. I'm just saying that I that I'd heard the material. Okay, well I'm gonna do this. Uh, we'll see where he ranks on my personal Mount Rushmore. Does he sit next to Roseanne? <laughs> Does he get up the, the, cheek to cheek on Mount face. Rushmore? Ben Roy and she, Roseanne oh, looking down at us with their wisdom as a huge flag above. This them. This is hard because Adam puts Roseanne on his Mount Rushmore is kind of progressive because it's a woman but then it's also right. Roseanne yeah. so Adam is always kind of leaning in and out of good and bad but uh, right. don't forget Ben's going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival with Roseanne as their uh, comedy duo Ben Roseanne no I am not no, okay <laughs> let's do this uh, so we have our challenge we'll just stop there uh, we're gonna watch a full entire special from one of the greats or a special that is considered very important to the history of comedy and rank Ben rank Ben in that a sub challenge Adam and Andrew are going to see where I rank in that and I don't like that you don't have to do the sub challenge so that's great we've got it and why don't we do this let's listen to some live stand-up comedy from a guy who may be touching genius is that why you named um, your penis <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, it's your body language where, when you said it. Where does so. Andrew's riff right there rank in the history of stand-up comedy? Because I personally will have a plaque on my Mount Rushmore beneath Roseanne. Not, not, because it wasn't a special, but it was a riff worthy of noting. So there will be a plaque recording the date and time on my Mount Rushmore where, where Andrew did the genius penis riff. That will be, that will be there. I will salute that as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm guys i'm touching genius right now <laughs> okay why don't we listen to some live stand-up comedy from me from my from uh, my new special hyena which becomes free on youtube august 10th and as always we'll put the link down there in the show notes so enjoy this clip of stand-up and when we return we're gonna be archives of the history of comedy yeah, we we're will, gonna know we'll experts. so much better we'll be Learned. experts all right <laughs> stay tuned this means so much to me and thank you all for being here and what a night i want to say this right off the bat if at any point you're easily offended Oh, I don't fucking care. Like, I truly don't give a shit. If anything I say upsets you, fuck off. Like, legitimately. And I want to say, times are crazy. I want you to know I'm carrying a knife because of some shit that happened at the Oscars. You know, so I'm, I am fully armed on stage right now. And I'm going to be honest with you all. I don't know how to hold this fucking thing. Which actually makes it feel far more dangerous, doesn't it? The fact that I'm holding my knife like that feels like it'd fall out of my hand at any time. Get up on stage. Say what you want to say. Do it. Yes, I'm armed. <laughs> God, what a time to be alive. Oh, God. Hey. 
Do you love the Grawlix Saves the World, but are sad because you're not getting enough of it? Boy, do I. Well, great news. You can get all sorts of bonus content on our Patreon. Like what? Tell them, Ben. Act 4. Ad-free episodes, birthday shoutouts, exclusive merch, stronger, more painful erections, our pod within a pod, boy crazy, decreased A1C levels, photos and videos, bonus content, and so much more. Okay, I'll do it. No, <laughs> kick to me. Say, how do I, how do, I do it? How do I sign up? We're not trying to sell it to you, Andrew. You don't have to. Jesus. Oh, well, I mean, it sounded good. Okay, how do I sign up then? <sighs> Fuck it. You can sign up now by visiting patreon.com forward slash Grolic Saves. I do want to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Grolic Saves the World. It is the second half through the magic of casting time has elapsed it is later it is the future and we i think we've all listened to stand-up we are now all official historians of stand-up just comedy. tell by Ask looking us at us anything. we all just know a little bit more about stand-up we look wiser i understand it yeah i know we're, we're, if you're we're just archives listening. now as ben might say we're <laughs> archives. physical archives no i i, I we're cabinets I, I was come up to us and peruse no, our documents no i they're full of historical arbiters or archivists i i i knew you were going to get on me for that that's i stumble over my words and thank you for knowing thank you for knowing it, it <laughs> i am makes I it am even an more satisfying arsonist of comedy at this point <laughs> okay a- a- anyway, uh, let's... I'm an archer. I am an archer of comedy. Okay, stop. Okay, I get the point. I'm an anthropomorphicist of comedy. Yeah, okay, yep. let's ask the question that makes this whole show go around. The question that America's dying to know. Did we all do the challenge? Did we do the challenge? I did the challenge. Yes, I did. Adam? <sighs> I did as well. Wow. And that is the episode. We propose a challenge, then we do the challenge, (laughs) play the song, and we're out. That's it. You might be out of riffs today, Adam, but your heart is full of song. That's song number two. Wow. Yeah. I love it. And they're weird songs. There's no real discernible rhythm. Yeah, but I like it. Uh, you ben, you brought the challenge, so why don't you go first? Tell us, tell us how far back you dove. Give us all the details. Well, that's a thank you for noticing me <sighs> sitting over here, and th- and thank you to the esteemed panel here, my colleagues, of course, at the um, Comedy Archives. Wait, wait, Ben, I want to let you know, <clears throat> I see you too. Uh, <laughs> ben, I stopped seeing you. Oh. Damn it. Okay. Wait, why can't we both see him at the Sorry. same time? No, because once I knew you were seeing him, I was like, I guess I could just stop. <laughs> as long as somebody's watching the baby, I'm fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the other room. Fair enough. I'll take this shit. Nobody puts baby in the comedy corner. Um <laughs> here I am. I I I Ben, you'll be at the comedy corner this weekend, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Days. I'm doing the comedy corner. Uh that's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, okay. Twelve, 12 shows. Uh, Thursday to oh, Sunday. Wow. Um, Jeez. Yeah. N- Workhorse load. Yeah. Um, so I I did complete the challenge. One could say that I went uh, quite a ways back to the comedian who's usually listed at the top of, in the top three comics of all time. Bill Engvall from the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. No, no, he's four. He's been nudged oh, okay. out. Right, right, God, right, right, right. That guy is so pointed. He's always so right on. You know what I mean? Nipping at the heels of the grace. And he's like, oh, why, why do kids um, do that stuff? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you right. remember that bit? I do. Why do they do that yep. stuff? I do. No, um, I went back. 
to Lenny Bruce. And admittedly, I knew very little about Lenny Bruce. I did read How to Talk Dirty and Influence People, but I had only read the book and I had seen clips. So I had not seen a full hour. And in fact, I will admit, part of the reason why I chose this is I tried to watch a full hour set of his and made it about four minutes in before I was like, this sucks. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> but he's always regarded as extremely important uh, for modern comedy. Right, and freedom of speech and, and being sort of targeted for all the subversive things he was saying and going on trial. You know about the history of Lenny Bruce more than you know, like, jokes from Lenny Bruce. Exactly. For his obscenity charges and right. for the way that it bankrupted him. He he basically, Lenny Bruce, his legal battles ended up killing his career and ultimately sort of driving him insane. And so there is for free, which I recommend everybody to watch, a special uh, that was taped in San Francisco, which became the only place that Lenny Bruce at the end of his career was allowed to perform at. There was a full, very rare set on YouTube of him in 1961 in San Francisco after he had been banned from everywhere, uh, performing in the basement of what looks like some sort of bar or something. And so I watched this full hour and oof, is it tough. It is just as tough as the first and I believe I texted you guys that he is the James Joyce of, <laughs> of stand-up comedy. Uh, and Andrew responded with an odd, bizarre... No, it was a great James Joyce joke that you just didn't get. I said, why? Because he's into fart porn? <laughs> I did get Remember, it. Remember, we found out that James Joyce... All about talking dirty, talking about farts. Yes. Flatulence. It was lost on you. Lost Uh, uh, on you. No, it was not lost on me. It was just, that's weird that that's what you've latched onto about James Joyce and Ulysses. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only thing I learned from that challenge. (laughs) Didn't finish the book? Learned you like farts. Done. Next challenge. Tee me up, daddy. (laughs) I felt like he was the James Joyce of comedy Mostly because, uh, one, it's long, it's tough to digest, but if you are willing to listen uh, closely, uh, not only because the audio is a little crackly, but also uh, because it's just he mumbles like a motherfucker. He just kind of, and he breaks in and out of characters. There are some really fucking funny jokes in there. Uh, that I that I actually found myself at least seven or eight times I laughed out loud, but I did also find it did not age well. Uh, it, he drops the n bomb uh, uh, a few times, but using it as a character who is terrible, and uh, so he was trying to make a point, and honestly is one of the funnier jokes in that where he's talking about why Lyndon Johnson couldn't speak correctly. What was crazy is if you were to, he's talking about police uh, and policing in America and about how you have these average people that we assign to do this job who have no understanding about law and the differentiating between what is crimes of language and murder, they're like, that's just a law. It's just a hard, fast rule. There was a lot of stuff that was very insightful and ahead of its time. 
And he also held some terrible ideas that were very much of the time as well. You know what's crazy? This is my exact review of your special. Oh my God. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read my review off the 800-pound gorilla site? Because verbatim. And Ben, that review is going everywhere. It is being shared a lot. Andrew seems to have captured the pulse of what you do. So... <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. My my opinion, enunciate more. That's all I'm saying. Enunciate more. My opinion is as a stand-up comic, especially from that time, I think there are comics that were far funnier, far better character actors, but he was legitimately the first person to go there. And what is super interesting about this and and kind of ahead of its time as well is the whole set is him reading through a trial. Like he's got the trial transcripts and he's going through beat by beat and he's mentioning these cops because there's no recording devices at this time. So it's all word of mouth. It's all people saying that I thought he wasn't funny. I thought it was vulgar. And then they're like, he talked about having sex with a chicken and the crowd laughs. And then he goes into what I was saying was, and then he does the bit Oh wow! in San Francisco from the safety of where he was. And he's talking about it. And it is sort of genius. Like him thumbing his finger, like his thumbing oh, his nose. that's a brilliant like, like he, conceit for a show. Yeah. It is a little navel gazing, obviously, but I'm sure people were there to see him talk about this shit. Yeah, know? that is clearly why people were there is because you're seeing the outlaw comic. Totally. This is a guy who has four times been arrested and found three, I believe, times found guilty of obscenity charges to the point where it had to go to the Supreme Court and he was found not guilty. He was uh, eventually uh, acquitted by the Supreme Court that he it was protected under the First Amendment rights. What's also ironic, and I will poke fun at this all the time, and I love it, is the people who espouse Carlin and Lenny Bruce as being arbiters of freedom of speech would fucking hate their message. If they listen to his stand-up, these people who are like, these are the guys, well, let's go back to a time when they weren't snowflakes. They were, you know what I mean? You would have hated his fucking message. Like, it is unequivocal that this was a guy who championed for liberal. He talks about liberalism in it, that they're trying to make the world liberal, that he is. So it's Super ironic that people who talk about them being for freedom of speech would have hated their opinions on things. So I was definitely glad that I listened to it because it was not at all what I expected. It is very hard to listen to. And listen, he's a dude from that time. So he does have some terrible ideas on things. But for the most part, I can see why it was considered so important. And I'm glad I watched it. Nice. And that's my review of it. Very nice. Um, have you both watched any Lady Bruce at all? Just like clips. Yeah. Like here and there. And I couldn't even like quote them if I had to. So 
they didn't really stick with me, but I know I've seen. Did he do the hot pocket bit? No, that's Jim Gaffigan, but they're so close. Oh, right, right, and Gaffigan right, right, right. is really biting. A lot biting. of people make that. Yeah, they've both been arrested for obscenity so many times. It makes sense. Yeah. Adam, why don't you go next? I'm going to pick. We're going to hand off and shotgun the mic here. So Okay. I will happily go next. It's fun. Well, yours is from 1961. The the album that I listened to is from 1962. Wow! So we both went right to the same, which is pretty funny if you think about these guys performing contem- you know, side by side. But I have always been curious about Bob Newhart. Oh, damn! I loved the show Newhart when I was a kid. Yeah, me Fuck too. Yeah, I thought it was funny. But then, but then I heard that Bob Newhart was a comedian, and I and I was and I've you, you hear him described as kind of like a almost like an alt comic. Like he's very square and he wears a suit, but like what he was doing, I've heard was kind of offbeat and sort of left of center. And so I was just like curious what that was. So I had an album. Somebody gave me like an old vinyl record sitting in that I've never listened to. And it's the button down mind. What's it called? Bob Newhart, the button down mind on TV. And if you read the back, it was like, he did all this material on NBC over the course of a year but nobody, not everybody had TV, so this was him recording all that material in one show for people to listen to on records, which far more people listen to than television. Wow. And he actually he recorded it at the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs. No way. Whoa. That was recorded at the Broadmoor. That's crazy. Yeah, this album is recorded at the Broadmoor. I did not fucking know that. That's so rad. Totally. I mean, you want to talk about peak, insufferable hipster ACH just sitting down with a cup of coffee, some steamed oat milk, of course, God, 10 o'clock a.m. So in his living room, putting on a new heart vinyl and just, <laughs> just having, I wanna, having I a day. I want to punch you in the face so fucking bad. I feel like you put on a cardigan even though it was like 98 degrees out. You're yeah. like... <laughs> It was, it was, I started the fire. It was 99 degrees outside, but I was like, this is what is, is needed right now. It's deliberately working against your central air. I passed out. I passed out three times. Wow. From one from laughter, two from heat exhaustion. <laughs> but it was so weird and great. And like, honestly, they're all just little vignettes. For example, the first bit introducing tobacco to civilization. That's the name of the first bit. So he's like imagining Sir Walter Raleigh in the colonies calling the head of the West Indies company trying to sell him on tobacco. And it's like super literate. And But that's a funny premise. It's like, okay, it's this plant you roll up and blah, blah, blah. And basically it was just that conversation. But each bit was kind of some absurd conceit like that. He's like, hey, you ever wonder how tobacco was sold, how they, how they marketed that? What if Sir Walter Raleigh had to sell it to this guy? And then he, every time he would go, it might just sound a little something like this. <laughs> like, and you realize that's our shorthand for like hacky comedy. Yeah. But I, I think Newhart was the first to be like, isn't that a funny idea? Might just go like this. And then he would launch into these Amazing. absurd. Let's bring that back. And it might just sound a little something like this. And when he did that, the first when he did that the first time I was like, "Oh, hilarious. He's referencing the thing and kind of mocking it." I was like, "Oh no, he is the thing." <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know what that thing was. Uh. So, I just they were all really absurd and like are they as funny as as things we listen to now? No, but it's it, it was the first you could tell this was the first guy to sort of push comedy that way like I, I feel like if bob newhart was big today he would be 
on Adult Swim. He'd be like a Tim and Eric. Is just very weird, wow. pushing the platform to the outer realm. Were they funny? Like, did you laugh, or were they more like amusing? Yeah, they were very funny, but they were quaint to a 2023. Like one was a team. He's like, you always hear about experts defusing a bomb. You know, it's still very like post-war. Like they find bombs in fields in France and, and experts, team of experts go to defuse them. But what if it wasn't a team of experts? What if it was non-experts defusing a bomb? It might just go a little something like this. And it was like a small town <laughs> sheriff and his, his like deputy called him, found a, found a bomb on the beach and he's like talking him through. He's like, okay, okay, well, okay. It says you need a QR X17 non metal tip screwdriver. You don't have one? Just use a penny. <laughs> like, you know, it's that type of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so they're funny conceits. Yeah. They're just very dated. But there was one that was so clever. It was like, it was the, what's it called? General Chariot Corporation. And it was talking about the Roman Colosseum and chariots. And what if they marketed those like they market cars now? And so it was like a sales group trying to sell the new chariots. Oh, that's super so, funny premise. Right. So, so it was the head of the General Chariot Corporation being like, we got to sell the new models, you know? And, and he would do clever things. He's like, he's like we got to look ahead. It's 421 BC, and we're going to have to start thinking about 420 BC. Like, that's a funny joke. <laughs> and then yeah, at, yeah. At the, so at the great. end of that sales pitch, one guy's he's like, yes, you keep interrupting me. What is it? Oh, you have an appointment? Okay, well, go ahead. I'm almost wrapping it up. He's like, what's that? You need to borrow a knife? Okay, here you go, Brutus. Just like funny, funny yeah, stuff. Uh, uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so I, I actually loved it. And, and I thought, you know, my friend gave me this album. My friend Tim, who owns Baker Spirits. If you need to go get any alcohol, go to Baker Spirits in, in the South Broadway area. Adam. He gave me this album because he's like, you, you'll like this. And I do think my fa favorite jokes of my own are where I take a weird character and go with it for nine minutes. You know, like, I, and yeah. so I, I could see why yeah. he was like, you would probably like this. This guy was doing shit like that. So yeah. I recommend anyone know this. I just didn't know that Bob Newhart was this oddball and that in a way he was taking people who were very square. It's the Broadmoor. This is a fancy hotel in, in Colorado Springs. And yeah. he'd done all this material on NBC, but I think... There's a bit of um, rebellion uh, planting these sort of weird ideas in regular mainstream America's head. That's like you need a safe vessel, like be suited, nice Bob Newhart to sort of make your brain go off in weird directions. And I love that he did that. Yeah, I've uh, I've often heard that he was the godfather of of observational and surrealist humor like he's considered like somebody that a lot of those people who really refine that style look to bob newhart as a big influence surrealist is a really good way to put it and i feel like you know in our terms he would be an alt comic in the 2000s going to the weird shows doing weird shit with burbiglia and the guys from the state and yeah exactly like He's so running the show at, at Rafifi. Yeah, yeah. They were all just super like historical bits. The last bit on the album is two German soldiers holed up in a farmhouse who haven't learned that World War II is over. And it's 1962. <laughs> and finally, they work up the nerve to go like look at the other farmhouse, which they think Americans are, are hiding in. Like it's just it's very funny. It's two high pitched German accents. And he's clearly like a well-read smart guy going through history and and if you think at that time when he was doing this 
That's the equivalent of us talking about 2003. It's a 9-11 joke. Yeah, it is. It's a 9-11 joke. 100%. I had that feeling you had mentioned with Lenny Bruce where I was watching him and I'm going, yeah, this is just like an open micer who's like, it's just like doing vaguely political stuff or overtly political stuff and railing against. And I was like, oh, wait, no. Lenny Bruce was like, one of the first to do this, if not the first, like the, this is the template that everyone aped, thus making it hacky. Yes, like, exactly. You, you created, <laughs> you spawned all of these copycats. Yeah. Carrying his notes on stage. He'd look down at them, kind of affected his whole delivery. I was like, oh, you, you spawned that. Um, yeah. Andrew, I am crazy curious because you were very animated well it's crazy that we each seem to have chosen a comedian who kind of embodies our comedy oh you know we've got ben roy with lenny bruce we've got adam with new art and of course i went with eddie murphy's raw as <laughs> as the eddie murphy of the yep. This all tracks. <laughs> I've got 17 fat suits in my closet. You know that everyone calls me the Eddie Murphy of the Grolics. Andrew watching Eddie Murphy, I'm already so excited. And one of these, Delirious Raw, which I know, I've seen both of them fairly recently. I can't fucking wait for this. All right, Andrew. Well, go. this one immediately jumped to mind because I can remember when it came out. I was a kid in the 80s when this came out. It was like a cultural bomb had went off i remember uh, people talking about it i remember it was like <laughs> for lack of a better word not yeah it's taboo shit. oh boy is this is this the naughty stuff oh goodness so i had never seen raw and so i was like all right i'm gonna check out eddie murphy's raw <laughs> And now you were going in kind of expecting a nutty professor energy, right? Yeah, because for me, Eddie Murphy doesn't get any better than Professor Clump. That's my <laughs> Eddie Murphy. So I really wanted to see the stand-up Eddie Murphy <laughs> before before he hit his stride as Norbit. I wanted to see right, what right, right, could have right, come right. before. So Before he ran as Norbit, he had to crawl. <laughs> yeah. As a stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine okay, so what first your of all, are on Raw. <laughs> let's just go through the, I'll just take you through the whole special if you haven't seen it. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it other than it was so, so taboo. So it, it starts off with a sketch and like, did you, what a, did you bring your TV in from the garage to watch it or did you watch oh, it in stop the garage? Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted it to feel authentic, like an 80s vibe. So I went and got a... A black and white yeah. TV, yeah. You hiding in your bathroom um, watching it. So yeah. it, it kicks off with a comedy sketch, and it continues the trend of 100% of pre-special comedy sketches not being funny. It's not funny. And I sat, and uh, it is long, though. It's long <laughs> to get to the joke. It's like a young Eddie Murphy telling a dirty joke at a, at a family dinner. And yeah, then the special kicks off. The special has its own song, the song only has one word and it's raw and it's like raw, raw. And uh, it's it's a great 80s tune, bespoke special music. That's kind of cool. And this that might be cool. the coolest thing about the special is this song, this 80s song, raw, where they just kind of intermittently go raw. Uh, and then the special kicks off and Eddie Murphy 
is dressed like a Batman villain. He's wearing a purple leather paisley suit that if at any moment in the special Batman dropped out of the shadows and started beating the shit out of him, you wouldn't blink. That's the that's the caliber of this suit. It's an insane leather suit. He's got leather gloves on. It's I was so distracted by this leather suit. I've worn leather pants for like a comedy sketch. They were insufferable. They were they feel horrible. You're sweating like crazy. I can't imagine doing a whole stand-up set wearing a full leather suit, but hats off, Eddie, you did it. So Eddie, uh, he kicks off with some truly C-minus impressions. He does some impressions <laughs> that <laughs> I'm not... I'm not a huge fan of impressions, but I can re- I can respect good ones. You know, it's like, all right, you nailed it. You know, I've worked with Frank Caliendo a few times. Yeah, you dialed in these impressions. It Rag does much? sound Seriously. like somebody else. Like, <laughs> like we're we're you, like keeping our. You are as like good as resumes. a parrot. <laughs> I t- I tip my hat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. The best impressionist. I'm like, yeah, you're as good as a parrot. And that's, uh, you nailed it. But I love, I love Andrew's teeth today. Yeah. Eddie's impressions were not blowing me away. And then what was weird is he does, he does a Mr. T impression, but then he does a Bill Cosby and a Richard Pryor impression. And it's weird to see a comedian do an impression of other comedians and then like doing material as those comedians was very weird. That's like, uh, and comedians that Eddie Murphy was straight up fucking ripping off. There is no question (laughs) that Eddie Murphy is doing Richard Pryor. He's laying it pretty bare by also doing their voice while he's doing the jokes. Because usually (laughs) the recipe for impressions is like, what if Christopher Walken worked in a subway? And then they do that. But this was just like, hey, this is like their voice. And and, uh, we're having this conversation. So... Um, he does that. Then he uh, he cannonballs into some very classic '80s homophobia uh, nonsense. <laughs> just ugh, just does not age well. It did not. None of oh, this age. Yeah, and just it made me sad to be like, yeah, in the '80s, like people talked this way. They had no issue talking this way. And I guess if anything, it was kind of inspiring to be like, well, we've at least we've come a long way from. This kind of oh well, shit. that's what you took from it so far. <laughs> the meat of the special is him <laughs> talking about men and women, and hell yeah, uh, their differences, guys. Men and women they are different. different are it turns out that's a good observation. We are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I never <laughs> thought of that. At, it's like we're so fucking different, and I've never like different dude, planets. They're they're different, but in a yeah. lot of ways, the same. It yeah. kind of turns out, but. It's a lot of, I guess I can't say regressive because this was uh, a, a long time ago, but a lot of uh, opinions and attitudes about women and relationships that, that now are... Let me are, ask you, Andrew, how much did he use the word pussy in it? <laughs> he uses the word pussy so much that he devalues it. Have you ever heard someone talk about something so much that you begin to question your interest or, or like about it? Thing. It's like hearing a bad salesman try to talk you into a car. At some point, you're like, I don't think I even want this car anymore. Like, that's how much he's like. 
talking about the gooch. All, yeah. yeah, so much, so much yeah, pussy. Let's say gooch because it's not as jarring. Yeah, we don't want pussy's offensive. Let's use gooch from here on out. Yeah, how about this? Does he talk about getting that good gooch? Yeah, you want that gooch so good it makes you makes you do crazy things, you guys. When the gooch is good. <laughs> You do crazy, you do crazy stuff. I, I always I get put the gooch on a pedestal is my problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they know it too. That's why, that's why they withhold it from you. Because uh, yeah, you guys they know, know me, I'm totally gooch whipped right now, and I can't help it. I, you're, that's I, what happens when you're a gooch hound like Ben Roy. <laughs> But this chunk of the special is where the challenge aspect of this truly kicked in. Because I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. I want to, I'll just, I'll pick something else or I'll just lie and say that I finished it or something. But I didn't. I stuck it out and I grinded through this. And eventually he gets on to some other topics. He gets to, uh, he's talking about how Italian Americans see Rocky and think they're badasses and they want to fight and... Uh, that was like a, a bit more interesting, uh, but not. But it, the the issue with the, all these bits is it goes too long. It's like, as we all know, a lot of comedians might leave a little meat on the bone, which is fine. You can leave the audience wanting more. Maybe you could have dug a little more gold out of that vein. An amazing comedian gets just the right amount of meat on the bone. But when you go too far, then you're belaboring the audience. You're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. We get the joke and all of these bits he goes minutes too this far is legitimately the same speech that adam gave me at the last grolix that i was at about my set i know and we're just trying to you know we feel like if we say it enough times then maybe well, and if you'll internalize it everything but, andrew just said and just post it later as my review of ben roy's hyena then we're good to go <laughs> I think we've got both of our takes covered. <laughs> but in this special, he's just going minutes too long on each premise where you're like, okay, yeah, we get it. We get this. And he just keeps doing it. Uh, and it ends up the best stuff on there. Although by this point, I was not in the mood for it anymore. <laughs> he's talking about like eating toys. He's talking about like having to eat toys, you know, and his friends are having like mcdonald's and great things there's also a bit about growing up poor and his mom making him like a her version of a mcdonald's burger and his friends have the real mcdonald's burger but i didn't laugh one time i didn't laugh once i just sat there and watched it and i was like man this is like bumming me out i'm just curious because like this is when you get into these conversations like Ben sort of started this episode with, which are often insufferable with people who are like, oh, if you're a comic, you must love this. You must love this. And we're always like, no, I hate everything you're saying. Raw often comes up. People still to this day will be like, Eddie Murphy Raw, that is comedy. And and I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, I, again, I haven't seen it in years. Did you find anything redeeming? Was it like, holy fuck, this guy's got that star power or like his energy up there is so fucking undeniable. Oh yeah. I mean, he's clearly a, a, a great comedian in terms of like stage presence and things. And it, it felt like, I think, and this is something I've seen with other comedians uh, who are like superstar comedians. You, you no longer have a, a bar of quality, like because everyone only blows smoke up your ass. You no longer have any frame of reference for like true quality yep. and like great stuff. And so they laugh you go out there and you're just like, everything I say is gold. Every single thing that falls out of my mouth is the funniest thing because the crowd reacts that way. And 
I guess me being able to watch that now, never having seen it, having no nostalgic attachment to it, that's how it felt to me. It was like, this is someone who has lost their frame of reference for what is quality and what is not. So they just like talk and it's like, that's why the bits are too indulgent. That's why they go on too long. They're redundant because the crowd just laughs no matter what, like it wouldn't matter. So it sounds like you loved it. The coolest thing I thought about this whole special was that it was written and directed and performed entirely by black people. It was written by Eddie Murphy and Keenan Ivory Wayans. It was that's very cool in the eighties. Wait, so it was written by Keenan Ivory Wayans? Like he didn't even write all the jokes? Uh, I think it might have been the the sketch at the beginning okay. was okay. Uh, written by the both of them, but that was cool. But as as a special, I think that that's what was so groundbreaking about it. There was obviously it was very raw. And it was very filthy, but it achieved mainstream popularity, and it was a black. It's artist. still the top-selling concert film of all of all time. But as far as the subject matter, I guess we've just changed. But also, I've—I mean, I've spent over twenty years listening to comedy of all stripes. It, it seems so tame to me. Like nothing in that special even pings the radar of gross, fucked up shit that I've heard comedians say. It doesn't even... It's not on the Sean Rouse. If I were just, if you were to, I'd be like, this is, it's basically PG-13. This is like a PG-13 comedy special. Well, you know, and this is very true. I think more than any art form, stand-up comedy ages poorly. Like it just all the it, humor is is of a very specific era. What's funny in 2023 is not in 2026 necessarily. So it's just like I. So you listen to stuff like Ben and I were listening to from the 60s, and it feels like is this vaudeville? It's so far ago. Yeah. That like <laughs> I, it is hard to appraise these albums because inevitably the era, the time bleeds into all of it, whether sure. it's like language that you can't hand stand hearing anymore. Like women are, women are, are greedy. All these women just sitting at home waiting to divorce you and take half your shit. <laughs> well, and hyena gets into that pretty hard. Well, let's it? not talk about mine. I don't want to do the that part of it. 40 minutes of hyena. So yeah. let's quickly ask the question. Is this something that you think makes you or the world or both a better person? And will you do it again? I'll start. I don't care. I don't. I wish I cared more about the grades of stand-up. It's a real Lenny Bruce attitude. I just don't give a shit. I I listen to the stand-up comedy I like, mostly from contemporaries, because I like stuff of today. Uh, And uh, But I do think it does help me to understand, and especially reading about everything Lenny Bruce went through, to know, like, hey, some people really laid down their lives, like their well-being and their safety for me to be able to do what I do. So I do think that it's good to have that reference point, but I don't know that I'll continue doing it. Uh, what about you, Adam? I think, uh, you know, I was curious about Bob Newhart as an artist beforehand. And so to like go, to, I'm glad that I spent the time and I can now knowledgeably talk about that guy and his comedy uh, I don't think there's any harm in in going down the field you're in and learning more about the past. I've read books about comedy. Like, if anybody's curious, The Comedians by Cliff Nesteroff starts at, like, the beginning of comedy and goes all the way to modern times. It's a great read. But, yeah, I'm with you on that, Ben. Like, current comedy, with what I just said earlier about it aging, I feel like that's more what I'm into. And I want to try to do more of that to watch other performers. I try to, like 
be cognizant of what our friends are doing and contemporaries, but I think I need to cast a wider net watching modern day performers. Cause you're just like, I do this. So I'll see the comics that I perform with whenever, but you know, catching five minutes of a set is a different experience than watching someone do an hour. And so I, I do enjoy learning about comedy that way. I don't think it makes the world a better place other than knowing what you do as a career a little bit better. If every profession did that, the world would be a better place. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? You going to watch Raw again today? Yeah, I don't know if I would. Uh, what about Delirious? Yeah, I Well, I did pay for it, so I should get my money's worth. Um, but... It, it was interesting. I do, I do find it interesting to go back and dig into into these comedy roots. It would maybe I would go back and check out some Richard Pryor if if that is who Eddie Murphy was was ripping off. Maybe yes, he was definitely ripping off. You'll see. <laughs> go into that. Go watch live on Sunset. Like, I would. That, that's a fantastic special. Adam's description and, of Bob this Bob Newhart special. I'm like, I would check. Maybe I'll check that out. I don't know. That sounds like it might be. Uh, something entertaining, but I think it's always good for the world to investigate why you do things or the kind of the kind of history of things that you do or things that you enjoy. I don't think it ever hurts to to dig into that and kind of explore it, even if you end up like, hmm, you know, that wasn't for me. I expected Eddie Murphy's Raw to be explosively taboo and like and have me like laughing and like, oh, I feel uh, horrible for laughing at that, but. Instead, I, you know, I didn't laugh once, but at least I know that, you know, that that's, that's how that special is. And it, and it kind of is reframed, you know, <laughs> my attitude. I love when he, but, the way he talks about things oh, like that, where he's like, I guess I hated it and I thought it was pure garbage, garbage. But, but that, but some people, people, people like pure garbage. Um, and, and, and then that's, sub so, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, comedy subjective, but I am going to do the sub challenge. I'm going to compare Eddie Murphy's raw to Ben Roy's hyena. No, don't do this. And I, I will I say, <laughs> I've watched them both. I laughed way more at Ben Roy's hyena. So I will tell you, you can you can print it, Ben Roy's hyena better than Eddie Murphy's raw. Eight hundred pound gorilla. You can put that tagline on all of your marketing. Let's put that out there and say Grolic saves Grolic saves the world podcast. Let's not assign it to you. Let's. I'm gonna start using that on my social media. Like you can forget about Eddie Murphy's raw. Yep. Check out Ben Roy's hyena. All Make right. that your bio. Adam. So is the challenge for me to say whether he's better than Bob Newhart? I don't want you to do that. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to okay. do this. I have not watched Ben's special. Um, and I don't really intend to. <laughs> but you know Ben's comedy. So I think you, you're still qualified. You're still qualified. I guarantee I've seen every bit on the special. I don't like any of this. And I would say, you know, it's like uh, uh, apples and oranges. I enjoy them both. So I'll say tie. Oh, wow. Tie. Tied with Bob. You can 800 pound gorilla. You can also use that in your as marketing. Good as Bob Newhart. Quote, tied with Bob Newhart's 1961 special. 62. <laughs> The button-down mind. Yes, thank you guys so much. <laughs> this was fun. Yes, yes. But to all of you listening, where did what did we miss? What's a special, a stand-up special uh, from from the ancient years of stand-up that we completely missed out on, and we should check out? Oh God, here come the edge lords, Dice Man, live at the Philly Filth Pit. <laughs> no, I mean, that the those are our fans. Those are yeah, Carrot Top, <laughs> all the puppet. 
assholes. So, yeah, I think uh, this was a good chow, y'all. Um, a, a, and yes, please, people listening, chime in. Chime with, in with what, where Ben ranks in the history of comedy. No, That's I all don't we care want about. to chime in. Please that. compare, Place watch Ben's special, first of all, and pay I, for it because yep. that uh, supports Ben and it supports him uh, watch in it, future endeavors. And then go on social media and rank his special rank amongst all of the Appraise best specials. This little hunk of meat. Guys, I'm going to stop this now that was a fun challenge thank you so much uh for participating guys what a fun one we're better as people and now as historians of stand-up comedy uh let's and do now this. i know about pussy i know all about pussy let's i know take a, i know how pussy works googe, dude be kind nah, pussy, googe. Dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's take boy. a quick break doing later you want to hang no, out stop and listen to some live stand and we're not gonna hang out later no <laughs> Some live stand-up comedy. And we're going to a strip club later. What? Mm, so what? No, I don't like it when you guys do that. Let me be that. Let me take that. A couple of boys at the couple of dogs out on the No, town. okay. Live stand-up <laughs> comedy. If you guys are okay, let's play another clip from my uh, stand-up special, Hyena, uh, that you can get now. Uh, you can order it, pay for it, or in two days, August 10th, Thursday, August 10th, it becomes it's 10 bucks cheaper than YouTube. a movie and almost as long as one. Hey, okay. You can anyway. use that too, 800-pound gorilla. <laughs> All right, listen to this. Remember, funnier than raw, as funny as Newhart. Ben Roy's hyena. Okay, let's listen to that. When we return, uh, third actors, you're on deck. Get ready, the best third act in the biz. Uh, we've got uh, we've got more show. Plus, we're going to tease the next episode's challenge. So please stay tuned. And Andrew, I'll see you at the prime rib buffet at Dandy Dan's. Let's my go man. get leather suits, dude. Before wow. we go. <laughs> I got norovirus, which, yeah, those of you that, that have had it, you just, if you heard everybody in here, you heard a very low bass groan, like a, because if you have had norovirus, you know it. It is the worst illness. If you don't know what it is, it's that virulent stomach illness that lasts only like 20 hours, but it docks cruise ships. Right? I didn't think you could get this shit unless you came into contact with a limbo stick that hadn't been properly sanitized. <laughs> but you can get this shit on dry land, and oh my God, was it bad. I mean, that's the most sick I've ever been. I've not been, I learned shit from norovirus. Seriously. For instance, man has pondered for generations whether it is possible for one's own soul to exit out one's own asshole. And I'm here to tell you all, I know the answer now. And the answer is no. It can't. <laughs> but it can poke its head out. <laughs> and my soul got a gander around because it almost came out of me. I, holy God, not a very... Not a very, very technologically, very primitive illness, that one. A king killer, the kind of illness that halted the exploration of continents. It was bad. Like, I like to imagine if norovirus is a person, <laughs> he's just a real straight shooter. You know what I mean? If norovirus was a guy, he's like, COVID? <laughs> That's a designer illness. I mean, really, think about it. What does COVID do? You know what I mean? 
long COVID, you have all these crazy symptoms, you know, you got loss of sense of smell or taste, you've got brain fog, neuropathy, the shakes, ride fever, every illness is different for every person, it tailors it to you, that is a nice illness, that is, COVID is the J.D. Power and Associates illness of the year, that is a nice illness, but not me, norovirus, not me, (laughs) I'm a meat and potatoes type of guy. Just give me a lot of liquid out the face and butt. That's what I like. <laughs> and we are back. Welcome to the third act. Ooh, best Boom, third, third act in the game. Where the hell y'all been? I know you were waiting. You were just letting it play out in your garage while you were listening to some speed wagon and working on the working on the undercarriage, getting that catalytic converter solid and tight to the chassis. So the, so the neighbors can rip it out tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks to the magic of podcasting, Adam is not here for the third act. Oh, yeah. What a- Adam's contract stipulates he only has to do 20 third acts a year. So he's using some of that uh, PTO and he is not here. But Ben and I, we can hold this down. We always have a blast when it's just Ben and I in the third act. It's like an audio water park. We crush it. And also, Grolix Globotech Industries is one of the first companies that offers paternity leave nearly two years after your children Mm -hmm. are born. That's when you really need it. Yes, exactly. That's when you need it. Yeah, so (laughs) we do that, and uh, it's a very progressive way of doing things. Adam, enjoy the time with your... And congratulations. Uh, It's a couple boys. Belated. uh, What's the second one's name? Travis? I don't know, and I don't give a shit. Do we have any thanks uh, for this episode? uh, Yes, we do. Uh, We want to thank the ghosts of Lenny Bruce, Bob Newhart, and Eddie Murphy. All right. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. You guys, yeah, to, uh, all of them. I hope you're up there, Eddie, getting some of that good pussy. I hope you're wearing uh, God's fat suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew, Andrew, looking down here, I'm noticing uh, the Grolix Globo Tech Industries phone line. The voicemail is blinking. Oh here. shit. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a only bad to be sign. used in emergencies. It, I guess, I guess, yeah, yeah, let's, let's see what it is. Yeah. Let's hit play here. Hey there, third actors. Uh, sorry, I could not be there for the credit sequence. I got pretty busy. Couldn't make it happen, but I'm sure it's just riveting stuff with Ben and Andrew. Oof. Don't worry. You'll get through it. I'll be back for the next one, but I wanted to let you know, I will be in Grand Rapids, Michigan, August 19th at the Pyramid Scheme, performing one show only. And uh, Michigan, you've always mattered so much to me. You know, you're just a pivotal key swing state, and that's part of the reason I'm coming out there to tell you my stories, to tell you my jokes, and I really hope to see you there. So if you know anyone in Grand Rapids, you know anyone in Michigan, send them that way, August 19th at the Pyramid Scheme. And, uh, you know, good luck with the rest of the credits with Andrew and Ben. Um, I hope I hope they can pull it off but i i doubt that they can okay see you in michigan bye yes okay okay well wow we, we have to get rid of that voicemail line feature because it's antiquated and i don't like, it. I don't like checking it so no, i don't either and i don't like that adam is using it it was not meant for that it was meant for family and friends to access during emergency yes this yeah. is for emergencies all emergencies go to directly to voicemail yes but that does segue us into a very important segment andrew books 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 
plugs, 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 plugs. Ooh, it's plugs, got a plugs, Shakira plugs, plugs. vibe to it today. Yeah. I liked it. It's because I was like standing up and shaking my hips. That's yeah, and why, they don't but... lie. They are yeah. some of the most truthful, non-insubordinate <laughs> hips I've ever seen. Andrew's subordinate, I guess, is what you would say. I have something to plug. I would love to plug Hit this. It. Uh, and I've been saying it. My special hyena uh, will be available for free uh, in two days, Thursday, uh, August 10th. Um, please tell everybody. I know you already know. I've been hammering it so hard. I've been saying it throughout this entire episode. But please, if you get a chance, check it out. Tell the world. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Hyena. It's available for free to stream on YouTube August 10th. Uh, that's this coming Thursday if you're listening to this episode in real time. And thank you uh, in advance for your support. Andrew, let me hit you with it. What you got for plugs, 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 plugs. Nice. What do you got? Well, I'm going to plug our live show. August 26th, we are bringing in River Butcher, oh. our pal. You may have heard him on uh, a recent episode of this podcast. Uh, which I believe is titled "A River Runs Through Them." Yep, uh, River's hilarious. This I think that's definitely going to sell out. The tickets are on sale now, so you can pounce on those. Uh, we also have Denver favorite uh, Chanel Hughes opening. So, oh my lord, what a monster lineup! That is huge. Last month's Skrillex sold out, and people were sad when I had to tell them it was sold out. So, don't be one of those sad people. Get on those tickets. Let's do this. Uh, I like the way you say that. As always, folks, please, if you can, we encourage you to, to subscribe, follow, uh, share, and review this podcast. Uh, you know, I mean, if you don't already, you, you can follow us on all the social media platforms. It's at Grawlix Comedy. Um, but we want to read your reviews, and I have one. Adam's not here, but I never get to read a review. Ooh, okay. I have one, okay. five stars, from AHSBDVRV, which I actually had a case of one time. Yikes. Um, it's it's it, Aggressive. Honestly, it's a topical steroid these days, but I would not recommend it. So if you can, you're going to want to stay out of certain grasses during certain times of years. You don't want to get the AHBD. Yeah, that's what you're calling them now, but, grasses? Okay. Yeah, well, it's uh, they say that most teenage uh, boys carry it, um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It, the uh, this uh, review says well, you my- killed that riff. Pretty, that's a pretty good way to kill riff. Didn't <laughs> didn't have anything else to joke around about it. <laughs> uh, uh, the the headline says my most recommended podcast. And then it says, this is by far my most recommended podcast. I simply refuse to stop telling people about it. After listening to it on my recommendation, other people have described it as having a quote unquote feral energy. But I'm choosing to take that as a compliment. Thank you so much for leaving that five star wow, review. Feral, and I'll take it. Yeah, you know what? I'll take it. And we, we love appreciate to get you into telling the thin walls of a trailer friends. home and yeah. fuck and breed. <laughs> You're gonna need a, a large cage trap to get yes. us to get us under control. <laughs> and if you get a hold of our neck skin, we're still gonna swirl around and probably claw at your forearms. It's uh, you can but, you can catch my next comedy special on the Dodo on Instagram as a <laughs> loving couple is trying to coax me into the backseat of their car. <laughs> 
<laughs> so if you don't already, you can follow us. Like I said, all so- social media platforms, Acrolics Comedy, leave a review. You will probably read it on here. And we want to hear about all of your favorite comedy specials and what we've missed, what you thought, uh, what we should do next. So please reach out. Tell us, uh, tell us what you think. Chime in. But if you want us to really listen to you, support us through Patreon. We've got a Patreon with three different tiers. Uh, there's an Adam tier, an Andrew tier, and a Ben tier. Each tier uh, comes with its own fun perks. There's even a podcast within a podcast on there called Boy Crazy, where we rank the hunkitude of... <laughs> icons throughout pop culture we just released a boy crazy on there it's a grunge boy crazy where i'm overflowing with correct opinions if you want to just hear me bubbling over with right shit check out boy chevelle a grunge band (laughs) hey hey hey, they gotta be patreons to hear this stuff (laughs) they gotta be patreons (laughs) so you can visit our patreon we love hearing from our patreons you can give us challenge ideas things like that check it out at patreon.com slash saves it's a truly awesome way to support the pod if you can spare the cash yeah and as always this pod doesn't even exist uh without overused catchphrase ron doyle uh thank you for producing just it and hearing making that it it's hack just hearing it's ron hack. doyle everybody yeah me. it's just boom you got doyled you know what i mean and <laughs> yeah that's what we say old. yeah <laughs> we do say it like and i hate it i i think it's hacky and i don't like i don't like it mm-hmm. uh a big thanks as well to mike henderson for your help recording at the live show and as always our theme music is brought to you by the classic charlie continental you keep him in a garage your nana owned him but never drove him he's only got forty-seven thousand original miles on him and yeah the rats got to his seat but uh (laughs) but you can do a full restore on that upholstery definitely what are we gonna do next episode well we talked some bullshit uh the uh, last episode we said that this episode was going to be outdoors we're going to be doing something outside that's how we teased it but some things got shuffled around while we're waiting to finish up a particular episode but it looks like to tease this next episode i think we're finally going to go outside andrew and uh it's good because we are pale (laughs) you're like one of those those fish that has the clear see-through head where you can stop it it is where you can see and all it is is memories of truman being inaugurated (laughs) why did you go to the truman inauguration it's weird (laughs) Uh, um andrew I love doing the third act with you. This has been fun. It's been so great. It's been nice without Adam. Listen to this. Oh, that's nice. That's so nice. You hear that? And and he didn't get mad at us for laughing too much or having too much fun as he is wont or to do. Or misspeaking know? a lot. <laughs> we do what we want. <laughs> Play us out, Charlie!
miss speaking a lot. <laughs> <laughs>